All right, hello, and welcome to our second edition of Mean Tweets uh, with your friends here at EdChoice. I'm Jen Wagner, our VP of Communications, and I'm joined by our researcher extraordinaire, Drew Cat, whose title is way too long uh, for me to remember. So um, we're going to kind of go through all the things that people say about us on social media. Um, spoiler alert, people aren't very nice, and they say really mean stuff to us, and it doesn't hurt our feelings or we wouldn't be here. But... We're going to start with some real classics, right? Some really highbrow critiques of our Twitter and Facebook channel. Without further ado... Here's a nice Zoolander reference. At DerelictMy tweeted, at Shane Allen Harden, at Jason Bedrick, at EdChoice, at Citizen Stewart. Um, nothing you said is true. I don't know if that's true. Is that true, Drew? Is nothing we say true? It's all relative. Oh my gosh. Are we a bunch of liars? <laughs> Drew, you're not allowed to come back on this podcast. <laughs> you're in data what is, research. What is truth? I don't know. We could ask Derelict Mai with his Zoolander photo. Yeah, data is data. Is data, is data, is data. A number is a number. You, you can't say that. Like, we don't use those imaginary numbers to come up with our research or anything. So they're, they're real numbers. Some of them have, you know more places after the decimal than others, but it's all real. No fake news here. All right, so thank you for that great insight, derelict mice. All right, so one of our fan faves, Shane Allen Harden, over on Twitter uh, says, thanks, however, there's a better chance of me taking a cheese grater to my forehead before I listen to your propaganda podcast. I think that we should start a propaganda podcast. I feel pretty good about that alliteration. Nice job, Shane. So it just makes my head hurt. Yeah. How many layers of your epidermis do you think you could get off with a cheese grater before you pass out? I don't know. Let's ask it, him. It's a research question. Yeah. Let's, you know what? <laughs> let's do a report on it. Uh, let's ask Shane to come in and say, you know, how'd that work out for you, bud? Yeah. He's probably not listening to or watching this video podcast, which is a real shame for him because he features prominently. Yeah, it's not often that you get mentioned on YouTube. It's true. It's true. My seven-year-old thinks I'm famous. At Backhead Duck tweeted at Jason Bedrick, at Billy at EdChoice, at Citizen Stewart, because I, as a taxpayer, should not have to pay for your child to go where you want to send them. People also need to stop using higher ed as a comparison model. They are apples and oranges in the intended purposes. I believe that should be for the intended purposes, but we don't get, you know, we don't correct people here. What do you say? Are we, uh, are we inappropriately comparing K-12 to higher ed? Actually, we never compare K-12 to no. higher ed. Um, but why should, why should backed, baked, bockhead duck uh, not have to pay for a child to go anywhere? I mean, doesn't he or she or he, she or they or... This individual. The duck. Yeah. Doesn't this duck already pay into multiple school districts through their state taxes? Don't they also pay into whatever district they were able to purchase a house or inherit a house from? And, yeah, I don't, I don't think they understand that the property tax dollars don't go anywhere. They stay. You put the property tax dollars in, local tax dollars, they stay there. 
And this one also, this one kind of tweaks me a little bit. It gets me a little bit. Maybe it's because I'm becoming more libertarian the longer that I work here. But, you know, I don't want to pay for your child to go to the school that works best for your child. No, you should want a system where every child has access to the school that works for him and her. Him or her, rather. And it seems kind of weird to me that this person is like, no, no, not paying into that system. Only going to pay into this really antiquated system where the kid can go, where the kid lives, unless the kid's family has enough money to send the kid to a private school or go somewhere else. That seems kind of crazy. Just saying. Yeah, I mean, we're talking systems and systems theory. When you, when you get down to it, the only role of a system, once it's been around for long enough, is self-preservation. True story. Chuck Azulu, Azulu, Chuck Azulu, says, at a bunch of people, posted earlier in the thread, but it doesn't matter. They only care about their Milton Friedman-induced free market, quote unquote. A free market that is bolstered by unaccounted for tax money given so superintendent of charter schools with populations of less than 300 kids can make $250,000. I don't know. I don't know about that. What do you think, Milton? I, I don't know where that number came from. Is that something you've encountered in your research, Drew? <laughs> I don't research charter schools. Oh. They are part of the school choice uh, portfolio. Yeah, they're part of the school choice portfolio and umbrella. And when we talk about, you know, choice for all, that, that is definitely included. Um, yeah, but, but if you're talking about Milton Friedman and charter schools in the same breath, eh, there's a disconnect there. Milton, but, Milton wasn't necessarily the biggest fan of the charter schools, but... But for those who don't know, obviously Milton Friedman was the, the founder of our, our foundation. That is what founders do, I guess. They mm. found foundations and kind of, you know, looked at as the, the godfather of the modern school choice movement. Um, what did he believe? Well, it's the decoupling of the funding from the operation. Hey, if you give the money to the person or entity that's operating it, there, there may be some conflict of interest going on. They may not spend it the best if they're taking all the money and deciding how it's working. Yeah, that was what he was for. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm on a pineapple upside down tweet here. All right. Um, that was a good one. Yeah, I enjoyed Thanks. that. Yeah, you're welcome. At Ohio Girl 5472 tweeted, at Ed Choice, Clearly a political group with a socialist agenda, using teachers and students as political pawns. Does that make me a rook? So in one breath, we are libertarian conservatives in the style of Milton Friedman. And in the next tweet, we are a bunch of socialists using teachers to further our political agenda. Uh, I don't know. Your wife is a teacher. I, I, I... She's lovely. I don't think we've ever used her to further an agenda. No, she's come to some of our events yeah. and enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, my parents were public school teachers, have not used them to further our agenda. I just, how, how can we be both socialists and conservative libertarians, libertarian conservatives, libertarian nibs? That's a, that's a split brain issue. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Ohio girl. I think you may be a little off base on this one. Also, we are nonprofit, non political. We don't take sides. We just have a whole lot of people here who 
really believe in a whole bunch of different things, but all agree on school choice. And yeah, a lot of people love politics, and a lot of people, mm, politics are just, eh. But overall, we're nonpartisan. It's very important. Uh, at Makita Journey on Twitter says, I'm certainly not against choice, which is always an opening for, but, but this is exploitation, right? Conflating the unchallenged personal identity story of a minor to make a larger political point about education policy is stupid. Convince me with something beyond anecdotes. As it turns out, you're a researcher. Mm. So convince me with something beyond anecdotes. Well, I always have all this data. And then people say that, oh, well, you're using the wrong data or you're slicing it the wrong way. What is it? You, do you want data? Do you want anecdotes? Do you want both? Because uh, if you're not going to be convinced by one or the other, and you're not convinced by both, then what are, what are we doing? Uh, I don't know. Also, I don't usually, I may be an outlier here, I don't usually go to Twitter uh, for data. Um, I don't find a lot of data analysts, you know, making compelling arguments on Twitter. I find a lot of anecdotes, much like Makita Journey is making here. And look, the bottom line is, yeah, we do. If you want to visit our website, edchoice.org, click on that research tab. You will find so much data, it will blow your mind. Um, guessing that none of these folks did that. Maybe they did. Um, but also, if you want really compelling anecdotes, talk to anyone who's ever used a school choice program or exercised old-fashioned school choice to get their kid into a school that works for them. And this amazing thing happens. They become true believers because it truly worked for them. So, you know, sorry that we don't have more data on Twitter, Makita, but the anecdotes are pretty compelling too. And if you want a really good anecdote, go ask your parents why you went to the school that you went to. Might be good. True, they probably moved, maybe moved, maybe paid tuition, maybe you just got lucky. You know, you were already in a good school district. Uh, this is one of my favorites. At Lib Crusher, could be Liberty, could be Libertarian, could be Liberal, unclear. At Ed Choice, shut up, scabs. Again, when I read these, I always read them in the voice of my 12-year-old when she's mad at me, and it makes my life a little cheerier. Well, now what definition of scabs do you think they're using here? I don't know. Could be, like, the more union-oriented. It could just be, like, what grows on your finger after you get a paper cut. Just unclear. This is the kind of highbrow dialogue that we are, we are used to on our social media channels. So we really appreciate all that positive, uh, really affirming feedback that we get. If you can't take name calling, then what are you doing on social media? At 90RedDragon tweeted at EdChoice at McShane, Charter School Parasites. I haven't seen that new Parasite movie. I've heard it's really good, though. I don't know. Are you guys, are you crawling on... You're eating the public school system. Like, are we, are we the lice on the head of charter schools? Oh, that's a good question. Or charter schools are the parasites, or are parasitic? I, I don't know. This one, Red Dragon. Man, I needed you to just put a little more context here. Yeah. 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 There. Maybe. Maybe next time use five to seven words instead of three words so we know where you're coming from. Yeah, you got more characters, right? Like, Twitter gives you more space. Or put, like, a graphic, a fun GIF. That would be good. We mm -hmm. would get, we would understand better. And, and that's really what we're here for, is to understand where your anger comes from and help you work through it. Um, actually, this is how we work through it. This is our therapy. 
Kent Slonaker over on Facebook. Uh, Kent has a question. How much does Betsy DeVos pay y'all? Which I appreciate that y'all is spelled correctly. Sometimes people do Y-A apostrophe L-L on social media and that's a huge pet peeve of mine. So Kent, the answer is zero, but you get mad props for spelling y'all correctly. Well, I enjoy their use of y'all. Me too. Yeah. Um, so me, personally, as an individual, and us as an organization, <laughs> the answer is zero. Now, are we talking about Betsy DeVos as an individual, or are we talking about Betsy DeVos as a government employee? Because the answer is still zero. Still, still zero, yeah. And yeah, Betsy DeVos, Secretary of Education, oftentimes uh, we'll have people come up to us at booths when we go to conferences and they'll say, oh, that's that. Sometimes they say Betsy DeVos, which is how you pronounce her name. Sometimes they say Betsy Devis, which is not correct. Uh, and they'll say, oh, that's that Betsy DeVos or Devis thing, that school choice thing. And we oftentimes have to correct them and say, no, that's the Milton Friedman thing. 1955, long time ago, long before Betsy DeVos was on the scene. So, um, but yeah, the answer is nothing. At Rhea Colwell tweeted, at EdChoice, at AEI Education, why do I have a feeling this, school choice, will have racist, sexist, and classist results. This hurts everyone. It would if it did, but it doesn't. Well, now we can talk about the research. Yes. So we have this wonderful publication called The One, Two, Threes of School Choice. Now we don't necessarily get into anything sexist, but we do have a nice section looking at the implications for racial integration on school choice. And guess what? Overall, it's good. It's a good thing. Yeah. Our public school system is actually more segregated now than it was, I don't know, 50, 60 years ago, um, largely because people tend to move out of the districts. They tend to self-sort by race. Um, and then the people who are in those lower-income areas don't have access to the quote-unquote good schools, and school choice actually reverses that because it breaks down the boundaries. And that's, that's school choice of all kinds, interdistrict mm -hmm. school choice, charter schools, private schools, all kinds of choice because it opens up doors to people who, quite honestly, are pretty used to having them slammed in their faces. And those tend to be lower-income folks and tend to be folks from minority communities who are used to being let down or left behind by their public schools. Yeah, I feel like this individual also maybe has this idea in their head of what a private school looks like and they're thinking of you know what you see in all the tv shows and the movies of this uber elite all white upper class suburban-ish school boarding school probably did i already say boarding school no but boarding uh, school yeah something yeah. out of i don't know no what's a good like not even like harry potter gossip girl okay yeah. I don't know. That's not what any private school I've ever been in looks like. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, private schools for the 0 0.1, 0.01%, which right. they're, hey, guess what? There are also more public schools that look like that than private schools. So don't worry. Well, we're, and, we're going for equality. And that's what we're kind of trying to break down, too. Like, okay, the 0 0.01 or the, even the 0 0.1 or the 1%, they've always had access to private schools because they can afford to pay. But what if you can't? This is the story I always tell people. I'm the product of public school teachers who went to private school for 12 years. 
and I have no idea how they paid for it. And thankfully, the statute of limitations has probably run on that. But they made that choice for me, and it changed my life. So I can't very well sit over here and be like, oh, well, no one else should have access to that school because my parents paid for it. That would make me a hypocrite. Hmm. And I try to avoid that when at all possible. Yeah, it's, it's kind of fascinating how people say like, oh, if you, if you have a universal program, only the wealthy families will take advantage of it. Well, guess what? Arizona has had a universal tax credit scholarship for a couple decades now. And it's mostly low and middle income families that are taking advantage of it. So even when you open the floodgates to everyone, it's a good income mix. Yeah, because choice is something that everybody wants, regardless of how much they make, what they look like, where they live, etc., and so forth. Unless, of course, you live on our Twitter feed, and then you think choice is terrible. Um, okay, I feel, I feel like this next one may be directed at me, so I'm going to let you read it. Okay. Okay. Well, you, can, is... you can finish us out, because I feel like this one was aimed at probably something that I wrote. <laughs> Over on Facebook, Theo Fardog said... Let me guess, you screened your writers to find that one Democrat that believes in privatization. Sure, we have many Democrats here that believe in non-privatization. So, Jen, do you believe in privatization? I, I mean, okay. First of all, we're not privatizing public schools here. We're not privatizing education. Uh, I am a Democrat. That's why I had to read this one. That is my background is Democratic politics. Newsflash, um, we come from all parts of the political spectrum here at EdChoice. And I mean all parts. Um, yeah, the Milton Friedman. All the way. <laughs> libertarians to the socialists. Yeah. Just, just kidding. That was a reference to the other tweets. No, but it's actually, that's actually yeah, true. true. And if you sat around our lunch table, you would find that we, you know, have different views on almost everything. But as our, you know, publicly uh, authoring things Democrat, uh, that was not proper English, by the way. Um, yeah, I mean, I believe in the private sector. I also, Newsflash, believe in free markets. I also believe in equalizing the playing field, knocking down barriers, and making sure everyone has access to a quality education that works best for them. Um, privatization of our public schools or of education is not something that we support. It's not something that I support. It's actually not something that most Republicans support that I've met. What we're here for is to make sure that everybody has access to the educational option or opportunity that works for them. It's actually pretty simple. I explained it to my 12-year-old the other day. She goes, well, why would anyone be opposed to that? that? That'd be stupid. That was a direct quote. And I said, well, as it turns out, you should tune in to our next Mean Tweets video podcast because you'll find out that not everyone agrees. Ooh, maybe we can exploit some children and have kids say the darndest thing school choice edition. I mean, I'll volunteer my two. They'd be, they'd be more than happy. They'll be YouTube famous. <laughs> Write that down. All right. Uh, wait, I just want to break this one down just a tiny bit more. The word privatization always sticks with me. So, like, my, my grad degree in nonprofit management, like, screams, like, no. Because guess what? These schools have nonprofit status. If anything, we believe in the nonprofitization of the education sector. Oh, Drew just made a new word up. The word police are going to be on us. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Most of these schools, all of the schools, uh, the private schools are, are nonprofit. And I realize there, there has been, in all seriousness, like there has been some criticism uh, of, you know, for-profit charter companies. And, you know, I think we can all agree to look at the data, look at the research, and look at the outcomes. Um, 
but nobody here is sitting around like Scrooge McDuck on a pile of money that Betsy DeVos gave us, trying to figure out how he can privatize the K-12 system. I've always wondered about the physics of how he dove into the money. I know, right? It's heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Also, you'd have to wash his hands all the time. He's handling all that money. Just so many germs. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, you've got the tweets. Oh, I'm you've a flipper. I, I'm I flipping. gave you the tweets. Okay, another Facebooker. Facebookite? Face, Facebooky? No, that would be something completely different. Face, <laughs> Facebooker. We'll go with that. Face, Facebooker. Face page turner. Back over on the Facebooks, uh, Linda Davies Spiker says, I don't want my tax dollars supporting profit-making companies. So perhaps she's actually saying she does support EdChoice because we're nonprofit, or maybe she wants her tax dollars going to companies that don't make a profit. It's really unclear, but either way, we're good. We kind of went into this one a little bit. Um, Jen, can you think of any profit-making companies that are affiliated with any public schools? Yes, I can, Drew. I can think of the testing companies that uh, administer the high-stakes tests in almost every state. Additionally, and I've had this uh, debate with a couple of lawmakers, um, so like the big, the big truck that pulls up outside of a big school and delivers all the food tends to be like a Cisco truck or like a, a blanket on the name of the company, but like there's all these national uh, publicly traded uh, companies that provide all this stuff to schools. Textbooks, testing, food. And I just feel like, I feel like she doesn't believe that that's happening. Where I grew up, it was kind of a known fact that, hey, you want to make it out, get that government contract. Guess where the best government contracts were? The public school districts. So the largest employer in most cities, or small, I should say small to mid-sized cities, certainly in the, in the more rural areas, is the public school. You know what? They have a lot of services they have to procure. So I get that it's really easy to say things like this. Oftentimes, too, I've had lawmakers compare um, the private-run prisons to public schools and how those should not be funded the same way. And my answer is always pretty simple, is that if we have a more robust uh, school choice environment and kids can get into schools that actually work for them and, and they can get the education that they need, we won't have to worry about the prison side of things because we won't need private or publicly run prisons because these kids will go out and, uh, and succeed in our society. And that will be a wonderful thing. This isn't just a hypothesis. There's research available along these lines. Check it out on our website. Edchoice.org. Switching back over to the twits. No, oh, uh, that, sound, that sounds terrible. Uh, Tweet. Switching back. I, I clearly, machine. I'm not one of these people. I set up an account, like, when Twitter first happened, so my I would have my name, but uh, I don't want anywhere near it, really. Over on Twitter, at one teacher voice replying to at a Hartley 98 and at Courier Journal said, new name for vouchers should be hashtag school stamps. Let's see how long they push for them when they're called that. Kind of creative. I'm still... A book? Yeah. I had, I collected stamps as a kid. Hashtag super nerd right here. Yeah. Let's see, I remember when, like, right after my now wife and I got engaged, like, one of the first things she did was she ordered a custom stamp for us oh. so that we could... You know, stamp all of our engagement-related whatever. See, I, I feel like they're not intending that. This is not, is it ph philatel 
philately, study like the collection of stamp philately, philately, I think. Oh, I don't know. I don't know this one. I don't know. I don't know. We'll look it up afterward. Um, maybe we'll tweet about it. Who knows? <laughs> but obviously, like this person is trying to compare school choice to food stamps or other welfare programs. Um, I'm not really sure what the point they're trying to make is. Um, obviously, as someone who comes from a left-leaning stance on things, I probably view this issue more in line with what this person is trying to be critical. Like, I want everyone to have an opportunity to succeed, which also includes eating, but that's not what we do here. We break down those barriers, we open up the doors to people to get to the right school that works for them. I don't really understand why that would be a negative thing. But then again, I'm not a Twitter lurker, so I don't know. I go home and turn off the Twitter machine, and, and, and maybe this person should too. Yeah, I'm still just trying to envision what these stamps would look like. Like Exploited children, obviously, <laughs> and they would have Betsy DeVos somewhere up in the corner, and they would only be available privately. Well, and you would have to cycle them out every four years when, once there's a new, you know, head of the USDOE. Yeah, yeah. So I think we've got to, we've, you know what? In our effort to continue privatizing the public school system, we should sell hashtag school stamps. No? No, maybe not. All right, we got one yeah, more. Okay. Last one. One of my favorites from at Mishmash Misty, which is really tough to say, but she sums it all up so beautifully. Whatever. All right, thanks, Misty. Super helpful. Thanks for your contribution. We take your feedback very seriously here at EdChoice. Yeah, in my head, it is my 12-year-old. She's just like, whatever, 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 mom. Yeah, mishmash misty. That's the, what, that's the best you could come up with? That's it? Whatever. No, this is everything, not whatever. This is important. That's... You know what? Here's the thing. My kid's kindergarten teacher, this would have been six years ago, always, and I realize your wife's a teacher, so this may be old hat, but like, make a better choice, right? That was what she would always say instead of getting mad at the kids. She'd say, make a better choice. And that's what I'm going to say to you, Mish Mash Misty. I can't say it ten times fast. Make a better choice. Your tweet is lame. I don't know. That, that's also like eight characters, nine characters, if you include the period. When Like, what's Twitter up to now? Like 280. Yeah, two-something. Plus images or, you know, whatever. They gave you more space and, whatever. and Misty. Maybe. Yeah, whatever. Whatever, Misty. Right. Um, okay, well, that brings us to the end of our pile of mean tweets. But I'm guessing in the time that it took us to record this video podcast, we've got more. Well, let's sum up today's episode. All right. So, so what do we have here? We have um, exploited children. We have uh, Milton Friedman, libertarian socialist. Okay, so... Privatizing. Yeah. yeah. All right, so let's wrap this up as what people in these tweets overall think of this. They think of us as privatizing libertarian socialists who exploit children and teachers for the purposes of whatever, and um, I'm not sure about that. Yeah. And also we make $250,000 a year that's given to us by Betsy DeVos, or Devis, depending on how you like to say it. Yeah, I feel really good about myself at the end of this. I am so, so glad that this was really therapeutic. And it actually is also a reminder that while this is a tongue-in-cheek broadcast and it's fun, it's a way to kind of, you know, make light of the people who don't spend a lot of time delving into this issue, 
We take our jobs here really seriously. We take this mission really seriously. And y'all can drop all the hate on us you want, you know, at EdChoice on Facebook, Twitter. Head on over to Instagram if that's your jam and you just want to, you know, rough up our birthday posts because that's really what our Instagram feed is. Yeah, there's a lot of people out there who don't understand the issue. And we're going to have to keep talking about it. And we're not going to stop. So you can add us all day long, but we're not going to stop. Because what we're doing, we think is pretty important. And not just because we think it's important or Milton Friedman thought it was important um, or Betsy DeVos thought it was important. It's important because it affects hundreds of thousands of families every year, every day. And it's important because the more choice you get, the more choice you want. It's really hard to take choice away. Um, so keep it up. Hit us up. And you, as Drew said, could be featured on our next edition of Mean Tweets right here coming at you from the EdChoice studio. So, And also, remember, take the lesson learned from Mishmash Mishti and that you don't have to limit yourself to just eight or nine characters. Use all 200-something. Give us more context about why this is a mean tweet. Give us more context about why you feel the way that you feel because that can give us a lot more to work with and it'll allow us to have a lot more fun. It's true. Context equals content. And also, if you do make uh, really good points um, while we pull these out. We will always respond um, if you want to get into a dialogue about school choice because it is something that a lot of people don't completely understand. And we're here to help, we're here to educate, and we're here to, every once and again, blow off some steam right here. So, Drew, thank you for, for joining me for yeah. this, uh, this episode of Mean Tweets, and uh, we'll probably be back here in about a month.